is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Sam with Stanley. And we've got two co-hosts today. we got Gavin Marshall and Ketz. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad at all. How are all you guys? Good. All good. I'm, How uh, are we? I'm not sounding fluffy anymore. No, less fluffy. Less fluffy. Nice. Live and direct. Sounding all right. Yeah, a lot of audio audio giggles before the, uh, before the episode starts. Always a good way to start. On technical difficulties. Yeah. yeah. We're not strange in technical difficulties, are we? Uh, no, used to working our way through problems. They're, they're more troublesome during the season, I think, when people are on like tighter deadlines. You know, we want to get something out, or it's quite late at night. Yeah, that that's the, the, the one thing I'm sort of like slightly dreading is is my work schedule with this current season and mm. going back to tape grinding. But you know, I, I love it. I, I'm glad when the tape grinding is done. It's just staying up till one in the morning when you've got to be up at six in the morning. Well, don't push yourself. Yeah. You know, we, we can always have multiple angles to come at it from and. You know, do what you can do, but you know we'll know where your priorities lie come uh, come December. Exactly, it's for, it's for my own benefit. It's not for <laughs> anyone else. I just you know I want I want to be able to understand what happened fully before I talk about it here, so I don't make any silly mistakes. Cats, <laughs> uh, how you doing? Yeah, all good. Thanks. All good. All I good. Got, I got some. Um, I wish I t- I wish I'd taken down some quotes now, but got some strong feedback from uh, some of my friends about your Edelman choice last week, number five. Yeah. Certainly been certainly been making waves, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Got a bit of grief for that, but it, it was a tactical call. It was to despite you with any potential Tom Brady kind yeah. of Patriots kind of dynasty stuff you were going to pull. So uh, I, I had to spite you with that. So. I think I think Ketz now is just trying to drop one of these super controversial takes on every one of these episodes that we do. Is we, you call it? He's going to be a hot take artist. He's kind of like a bit of a heel, right? He's like a, a Skip Bayless type. Mm. He is kind of hey, a young I'm... English Skip Bayless, right? <laughs> I'm not that bad. I have some decent football <laughs> takes. Not many, admittedly, but I've got at least a couple. Does that make me Shannon Shaw? <laughs> um, I think that... Oh, that was the other thing. Sorry. So, um, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that was the other thing that came out of that episode last mm. week. Uh, multiple people started to comment. I think it started with Rich. Uh, then Pots, they got in touch and were like, Oh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 26. Not and it's a good point. The age yeah. bracket, yeah. It's a good point, and I meant to mention it on the show. So well done for everyone that was paying attention to the rules. Uh, apologies for not being clear, but the point was that it was going to be no like projection with players coming in to the Hall of Fame. I think it's safe to say Mahomes is in. Don't you? At this point mm. in his career, I think I think he's pretty much nailed yeah, on. So that was kind of. I, I felt like he was in the spirit of it, but I will admit it was just an oversight. If I'd known, I, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I, I didn't even think. But that that was just because in my mind I was thinking this is the game about picking the future Hall of Famers. So mm. I just put him in, and I didn't even think twice about it. Exactly, he was on the board. He was on my board as being allowable. So interesting. I didn't flag. So we kind it. of both made the same thought. Yeah, yeah. I just he was didn't. On my board as well, so that's yeah. consensus yeah. in. As that's concerned. So take that, losers. <laughs> I win again. Yeah, we didn't put the teams out for a vote or anything, did we? <laughs> yeah, I, so I've just I've just claimed victory unilaterally. Um, I've just annexed you two, and I've claimed that my team was victorious. 
Yeah, I don't think that's true. With the, with, with my wide receiving <laughs> core, I think anyone with a brain in their head would vote for my team. But let's let's put it out to vote then if you want if you want to see. Well, uh, we will. But I was I was trying to push the work of editing that on to someone else. <laughs> that went well. Um, as well, I mean to be honest, my you know my editing skills have been called into question in the past. But they're they're quite lo-fi in a sort of amusing <laughs> underground way. Uh, you know, they look like sort of. You know, advertising a jumble sale at the church hall for five-year-olds. But that's fine. It's got its own kind of character. Yeah, you know. I've, start, I've started wearing T-shirts with raccoons on that say stuff like, um, death is coming, eat trash, be free, things like that. Nice. So that's, that's the like kind of vibe in, that I'm going for. That's like one down in, in you know, York. Is it, is it much of a vibe? I, 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 well, I wore, that, I wore that exact shirt into the the office of my credit card processor yesterday. Which I feel like this is a sign choice. of the times. You know, post-COVID, people freer to do and wear what they want, mm. but not say and think as much as they want. But, you know, we're all free to express ourselves with clothes. So let's be uh, grateful at that point while we <laughs> monitor what we say. Yeah, if you've got anything offensive Ooh. to say, put on a T-shirt and you'll be fine. What was the what was behind that, Gav? It felt like there was a seething tinge of, of anger behind that comment. I don't know what that was referencing. Well, maybe it's just by age, but I am feeling like we're losing our ability for free speech. But this sounds like a topic not for the beginning of the show. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Right, I'll tell you what, we have to do news this week because we've had such an important piece of news uh, hit the news desk. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. All right, let's go. Dallas on three. One, two, three. Dallas. Yeah, you might be saying, Simon, what could we possibly be talking about this week? Uh, absolutely nothing has happened with the Steelers. Uh, but absolutely nothing. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Former running back for the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell has announced that he will be fighting Adrian Peterson <laughs> in a boxing match uh, coming soon to pay-per-view services, no doubt. Now, uh, very simply, I just want to ask who's going to win in a boxing match between Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson? Because I have strong thoughts. <laughs> I think if you're going off off uh, measurables, you'd probably say Le'Veon Bell. But Ooh. if you're going off grit, heart, determination, and a desire to train out of the building ahead of someone else, you've got to go all day AP, right? So yeah. I'd probably put my money on Peterson. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that, it's, especially in boxing, a lot of these kind of older guys with a bit more nous, a bit more will and desire tend to win it, right? I think about Tyson Fury. Is Adrian Peterson not the Tyson Fury of the NFL? He might be. Well, remember that Frank Gore got a licking, didn't he, unfortunately? Oh, did he really? Mm. Yeah, he lost. But, yeah, now, um... with all, now, Frank Gore, a legend, but Adrian Peterson built a bit different to Frank Gore. I don't know. Frank Gore was pretty tough. Oh, but tough, certainly. But I don't know. You, did he have the length that Peterson has? Did he have the... The, just the size, you know. Mm. Now, I, someone help me. Someone help me out with the American odds because I still hang on. Wait, right. Bell is minus one eighty. Now that means if you put, you have to put, wait, a hundred quid on, you win one hundred eighty. <laughs> you know, no. I, you know, well, this is no. why we could never get like a betting sponsorship. We could never like team Not up with DraftKings Sportsbook because you don't my this. mind. Yeah. Hang on. It's all to do with betting $100, isn't it? So is it? wait, if yeah, if you bet $100, no, I got it. <laughs> right. If it's minus, you have to bet 180 to win 100. And if it's plus, so P- Adrian Peterson is plus 140, so if you bet 100, you win 140. We got there. Okay, so I think that means that Pete 
Dickinson's two point four. Wait, so what's that? So whatever. So it's just bit. So like a hundred is the net zero point within the betting yeah, yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. how the American right. system works. It's Weird. like based around a, a hundred dollar bet. Yeah. Oh. Which is totally fries your mind. I have to like do that computation every time that's I health. see. It. I feel like I need to remember that. Yeah, it's just so the minus is what you have to bet to win a hundred, and the plus is what you win if you bet a hundred. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Thanks. So yeah, Bell's Bell. Anyway, the the, uh, the outcome of that is uh, Levion's massive favorite, massive favorite. Is he? So right. Vegas doesn't agree with you or me. I mean, I suppose he's got youth on his side, right? He's bound to be a little bit quicker, a little bit more sprightly, you'd think. Who's what about the tail of the tape? Who's got the reach? I don't mm, really know about. I, don't know. So I think Bell's probably got the better length, hasn't he? Yeah. So I've just looked up arm length because I'm sad enough to do that while you two are talking. Um, Lev Bell, 31 and a half inch arms. Adrian Peterson, 32 and a quarter. So he's in the 88th percentile in terms of arm length. Oh, we're getting percentile drops this late in the year. Although in terms of height, Lev Bell is 6'1", Adrian Peterson is 5'10". So Lev Bell has a height advantage. I would not have told you that. Yeah, but that means that Adrian AP can get down and inside, and then you. But also fend him off with his length. I'm, I'm, I'm liking AP here. I feel like he's going to be a difficult character for Lev Bell. I feel like Lev Bell's going to want to soak up the atmosphere, enjoy, maybe do a little bit of rapping. I think AP's going to be get down, to, you know, serious business here. And hasn't Lev Bell always kind of been a fake tough guy? You know, I think Adrian Peterson is a tough guy. <laughs> like Lev Bell, you know, I don't know. He was a bit more dancey than he was bruising. It might yeah. come down to footwork, though, because that True. little sort True. of quick Technical. footstep inside, sort of uppercut, you know, that, that could be a difference maker, potentially. Mm. They can both bob and weave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how who... Andy... I was just going to say, who are you going for, Kets? No idea, to be honest. No idea. I don't know enough about boxing or, or <laughs> either of these two specific measurables and, and percentiles. That's not the point, Kets. Just make a prediction. Oh, I'm going to no, go we... Peterson then if you're oh, going to put him oh, on the spot. Oh, okay. I thought oh, he yeah, was going to say it was going to be like, you know, some, some other running back. Knowing Kits. Yeah, Someone Najee Harris is going to win a fight yeah. between Lev Bell and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just That's your hot take this week. <laughs> anyway, that was all we had. There wasn't a lot of news this week, uh, but I felt like, I don't know. <laughs> We've covered the important issues Yeah, it's, anyway. you know, it's June, what is it? Uh, June 30th? Come on, people. Seven weeks till preseason. Yeah. yeah. Off season's coming up. We're gonna get hard knock soon. I mean there is a serious like padding going on and all the like people discussing who which free agent should return, Hayden or Banner. <laughs> yeah. I mean which uh, one would you rather? Hayden probably. I feel like I feel like Banner deserves a, a shot. But we just don't have it to be honest, we don't really have the spare I mean who are you getting rid of him to you getting rid of Haig, I suppose, to put him on the roster. No, you probably keep Haig and let Banner compete for one of the other. I mean, some of the other, like, was it Green? And, you know. Green and Hassan are your only other real options to, to cut there. I don't know. Uh, you've got that. Who's that guy? That, who's that guy? They, the Trent dude they just got brought in. Came in with the uh, the O-line coach. I don't know. I should, we, we should know this because we are a Steelers podcast. We should know the <laughs> Wait, roster. Wait, what are you talking about this? Trent what? Trent what? Is it Trent Green? It's Trent Green. Trent Green? When was this? Yeah. This was recently. <laughs> How big a deal was this? I don't remember this. Not a big deal. Okay. I mean, he's like a... <laughs> yeah, I no, no, it's not Tom Green. Who is his name? Oh, man, this is embarrassing. Oh, my. So I, quite... I did my 53 this week just to have a quick sort of early thought about who to who to keep, who to get rid of, assuming I've got any power over anything, which I haven't. 
Um, and that Kendrick name doesn't Green. ring a bell. No. Why are you no. not Trent Green? Who's Trent well, Green? It's not Trent Green. I've got the name <laughs> wrong. Hang on, I'm just loading it up. Give me a second. I've got in my 53, eight O-linemen. And this is probably spoilers. Cole, Hassenhauer, Daniels, Dotson, Haig, LeGlue, Okorafor, Danmore. So no Green. I'm I'm sorry. They got Chaz Green. Chaz right? Green. But it's not who I'm thinking of. Is it Jake Dixon? Someone came over with the new O line coach. Must be Jake Dixon. Or Chris Owens. One of these guys with a <laughs> forgettable name, which is why I've forgotten it, who was brought over and it's like, yeah, this guy is gonna be No, it's Trent Scott. I'm sorry, it's guard Trent Scott. All right. Forget me. All right. Apologies. Trent Scott and he's a guard, so he's not even doesn't even factor in. But these kind of like jabroni guys, they've got these this is the problem, right? We've got these no name guys, like just one injury away from starting. So let's uh, let's bring back Banner, who at least has some pedigree. Does he? Uh, no, really. Offense. I mean, I don't know that he has any more pedigree than anyone else. But I mean, he took a, he took a salary. Well, well, that exactly. That's the principal concern, isn't it? That he he took like how much did he make? Fourteen million out of the Steelers, and then they cut him with uh, like a four million cap about, saving and about three yeah, snaps or something. Yeah, for something, something ridiculous. I mean, you know, but the guy. The guy won in training camp, didn't he? Won the battle. So he beat out Chucks, who got the 29 million deal. So there's got to be something there. So I, I wouldn't be against bringing him back to compete against Chaz Green, Jake Dixon, Joe Hay, Chris Owens, and Jordan Tucker, who is your current uh, depth at, at tackle. That MetLife Stadium pitch has got a lot to answer for. So that's where he got injured, wasn't it, I think? Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was one of those MetLife casualties. Yeah, first Which, season. Uh, ironic for a health insurance company. <laughs> well, good point. Uh, right, okay. Let, let's get to. Uh, we, we did this what three weeks ago now. The way too early Steelers predictions uh, that Mark oh, yeah. Hansen kindly sent over to us. Uh, we did have some NFL ones, but that was the same week we were doing your quiz, Gav. And I did not realise that that would be an epic. So uh, yeah. we should have probably just done this in its own thing, but. This is good for now, where there's very little to talk about. Let, let's go through some of these. So these are more NFL general ones. Um, I think actually NFC related, because I think the others were like on the AFC side. Um, so the first one, way too early NFC division winners. Um, now, when I looked at this, I was like, I actually struggled to even fall outside of the kind of the consensus here. Because I think in the north, it's the Packers. In the south, it's the Bucks. I struggled to see any real contender on either of those divisions. I would still stick with the Rams in the West and the Cowboys in the East. The, the Eagles were the only ones that maybe, you know, tempted me a little bit in the East, but really kind of a, a top-heavy division there. Uh, sorry, conference. So, I don't know. Does anyone disagree with that? Wait, which which uh, which conference are we going? NFC? NFC, yeah. Uh, yeah, Packers seem like clear-cut, easy choice for the North. Yeah, agree with yeah. that. Uh, Bucks for the South. That seems easy. Yeah, agree with that. West West might have some surprises in the store. You know, I mean, I mean the, the Hawks terrible. The Niners obviously are, are in contention, but I'm just worried about what's going on with Garoppolo and uh, your boy Lance. Mm. Um, mm. That's just a weird situation right now. I kind of want to see it resolved before I I know where it's going to go. Um, and who have I missed out? The Cardinals. I just uh, the Cardinals. I feel like we're regressing. <laughs> and I think they're going to continue to regress. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously Rams are probably clear favourite there. East, Cowboys, that seems like the sensible pick, but that's such a crazy division. 
The Eagles yeah. pretty decent, pretty solid at the moment. I mean, good, decent defense. I feel like good a bit job. of an off-season winner, though. That's the only thing. I, feel, yeah. I can see them just kind of doing the good same draft. thing. Hurts not quite impressing enough to to really go anywhere. We brought in uh, Jordan Davis, so they can start stopping the run. Maybe that defense can really, mm. really make a difference. But yeah, probably the Cowboys favorites to run it back. So what? That's basically last year's winners. Yeah, it's just chalky, well, right? But I can't. Yeah, I really yeah. can't talk myself out of it. Right. I'm okay, going to go you... Eagles in the East just to just to put my hat on that table because I think that they have improved quite a bit. Can we get the sound drop Gav, for like Cat's hot take? I'll work on one. Thank you. Um... Come up with something. <laughs> uh, and then okay, so what? Then we do the AFC now, yeah? So oh yeah, we can do yeah. Why, why not? I don't think we did it. Do... Yeah, I, know. I don't know why we didn't do that last week. Um, well, I haven't thought about this, so let's think. I'm we won't give away the AFC North because we're going to do that. Mm. in the next section so let's just do the other divisions who wants to pick the AFC South huh 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 that is a tough Colts. division I mean, I'm going Colts this year Colts, Colts? Yeah. yeah with Matt Ryan steady yeah. in the ship they've got some nice offensive pieces you know potentially the best running back in the league or at least the most productive yeah this is just difficult like to write Pittman. off the Titans man they've been they've been solid the last few years nothing's changed that much AJ dramatically Brown's I mean AJ Brown's gone loss. but he wasn't really, those. as we know, wasn't a thousand yard receiver last season, and, and he struggled. You know. He wasn't there though in the passing game, and then he was struggling up. They were relying on Westbrook, Akina, and twelve games they won. It was tough, man. It was tough to watch. Twelve games they got with a team that's got Henry and runs that offense, and and, and Vrabel's a good coach. I just, I just don't think you can write them off. I don't no, think the loss I wouldn't of write one them off player. Either. No, I think they're very much in contention. They might even be the favorite. I, I think the winner of the Colts Titans games in the season will win that division. Yeah, I could see that. So saying that, it'll probably be split between the two, but you know, the the West is fascinating. I think again, I yeah. mean, these teams are just going all in, aren't they? Right with the Devontae Adams trade with with the Raiders, and now obviously the uh, the Chargers have spent a lot of money this offseason, I think mm. the Chiefs are always going to be the favourites there, maybe or maybe not. I don't know. Russell Wilson at the Broncos, of loaded course, roster. yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's the number who, one who, example. Who I missed by twenty four hours in the New Era shop the other day. Yeah, you could have collected a new uh, UK Steelers podcast sound drop, seen if he would have done it. You think he did yeah. it? You think he did not? Do I don't that? know. He, I mean, yeah. he's very about his brand, right? He doesn't want to see anyone. Yeah. Really... Mm. I don't know what we would have done with the thing, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's Chiefs. Chiefs have regressed. I mean, how, it's interesting to see what's happened. Obviously, everyone knows that Hill's gone, and they've kind of replaced him with three different receivers. Is it going to work? I don't know. Kelsey's older. Have they got, even got a good running back? I don't know. I mean, I like Edwards there, but he's not panned out yet, is he? No. He needs to step up, doesn't he? They're really relying mm. on Mahomes now. I mean, he's really the be-all, end-all. I mean, once you get past Kelsey. Yeah, and, and remember last season was the year when everyone worked out how to stop him. He just yeah. played quarters coverage on him and he just doesn't know what to do. So but doesn't it just feel like the thing to do every off-season is to take the charges here? Uh, yeah, people have been. But you it's don't want the trendy. guy that doesn't the year that it happens. <laughs> I don't mind that. No one will remember. No, I'm going to stick with Chiefs. Yeah, I think I am. Broncos. Ooh. Whoa, From... no. I'll tell you the one thing I'm sure of in this division. The Broncos will be last. Well, they were last, so you... Ketz is going from fourth to first. Worst to first. And I love Russell Wilson, but I think people might be in for a shock. I've always said the Broncos were only a quarterback away. So Everyone keeps telling me this, but I'm yet to see anyone do anything on that team. Uh it's filled with players that I like, but I mean, let's you know, let's let's get moving. Let's show me something. I don't know. 
Sounds like what it's about? kebab gambling season then. Where, it does, where's Cortland Sutton been going? You know, where's he? Where's um? Where's my boy? Uh, what's his name? The other receiver over there. Who's, Judy. Judy. Tim Judy, Patrick. Yeah. Where's uh, uh? No, not Tim Patrick. The, the KJ Hamler. You know. That Where is it? A, the human joystick. That was such a promising young core. It seemed like, and I don't know. Is it all the quarterback? Uh, I don't know. Tell you something, that division is going to be so fun to watch this year because it could just go anyway, yeah, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, and then Derek Carr's reunited with his college uh, receiver in Devontae Adams. That's and very that's true. Bonkers. But so you're going Broncos, we're going Chiefs, so that means it'll probably be the Raiders or the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, probably the Chargers. Raiders nailed on. I'm close to right. picking the Chargers, but I don't know. Uh, East, I think Bills. I don't can't see another yeah, this... outcome. It'd be a brave, a brave cats to pick anyone else. No, I'm going Bills. Okay. All right. Is that question one of yeah, the way too yes, early? Yeah, it was question one, but it was originally just the NFC. Um, okay, way too early first coach fired or first coach gone pick. I thought for me this was pretty easy. It's Matt Rule, the Panthers. I couldn't mm. really think of anyone else that I was like, mm, that guy's really ready to go. I don't... People seem to be saying Ron Rivera online. I don't see that. I think he studied the ship a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about uh, oh, his name's gone? Cardinals coach. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. What about? I was, I was trying. To, I was saying Cliff McManus. That's not his name. I just think uh, that would be an off-season change. I just think the the, the way that they run that team and the way that he's so intricate. Int- uh, sorry. The way that they run his playbook and things, you know, what I mean, it doesn't feel like one to do mid-season and then throw everything out of whack. Unless, I mean, yeah, unless it went really, really disastrous. Yeah, it's not but... worked so far, is it? And, yeah. um, I just think I mean, they did come second the last season. year. But... They went eleven and six, but it felt like a bad season yeah, for them because of how well they started, right? Yeah, the the wheels came off. So I don't know. He could be one. Mm, yeah, I, I can't, some people said Pete Carroll, but. Again, I mean, nah. legendary and also is, you know, set up with this. They must have had a conversation yeah. to say, obviously this team isn't the same as it was with Russell Wilson. We need a few mm. years to rebuild. Not without QB in place. Yeah, that feels rough. Uh, yeah, it's tricky. I don't, there's not any other candidates where you think it's sort of nailed on. I mean, this Matt Rule is the same guy who was told that he had to make a sexy offensive coordinator hire or he was already out. So Yeah, so he's probably... Shortest odds. I think, yeah, I think he's definitely on the, the shortest leash. Um, but again, it feels harsh for him. I mean, no quarterback, shitty situation. Yeah, it has been. And, and bad injuries too. Um, yeah. And some bad signings, right? With Robbie Anderson. And mm. So, yep. Yeah. And that defence has looked better at times. I know they invested a lot in it. but. Uh, yeah. Okay, number three. Unless there's any more. Any more for any more? No, going once, going twice. Okay, number three. Way too early AFC QB with the most passing touchdowns. So I went, I did the uh, the dubious activity of, of finding last year's stats for this. Uh, last year in the AFC, it was Justin Herbert who had 38 touchdowns. Uh, then Mahomes and Allen, uh, sorry, Mahomes had 37, Allen had 36, Joe Burrow had 34. Most passing touchdowns? Yeah. In the AFC, so that's obviously because it's the you know the division with all the QBs except Brady. Is it? I'm tempted to say Matt Ryan. It just feels like that could be a pass-heavy offense. Yeah. With those pass catches, I don't know. Maybe not. I just think it's so hard to look past those four guys again: Herb, 
Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. So yeah. prolific. I'd, I'd be honest, I'd stick with Justin Herbert again. I mean, his deep ball is sexy as hell. Um, I'm going to say he springs to 39 this year. Goes one more than last year. Wow. Yeah, Burrow's not a bad shout. I mean, his connection with Chase, we're going to get onto in a minute. But And T. Higgins, nice receiver call there. So that's definitely, definitely an option. For me, it's between Allen and Burrow. I can't see past that. I know Herbert's good. I know Mahomes is good. But I just think those two are, are ready to rise up with the combinations that they've got. Mm-hmm. I could see it being any of them. I mean, it's always close. Yeah, with the improved line that the Bengals have got, mm. it could, you could make an argument that there's going to be an uptick in in, in time and therefore in touchdowns for Barra. No one picking a Browns QB, surprisingly. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Jacoby um, Brissett. <laughs> uh, number four was uh, way too early highest blowout predictions, but I don't know if we can do that because I haven't got a full list of the schedule in front of me unless someone, <laughs> unless someone has that to hand. <laughs> uh, I, so yeah, I don't know. I can't think that of That feels a little yeah, uh, in, maybe the, in too the weeds. Specific. Um, five was way too early most disappointing 2022 first round pick. So... Of the 2022 Ooh. first round picks, Ooh. who's likely to be the most disappointed? Now, I, I've come up with like a kind of little short list. And... Garrett Wilson. Oh, there you go. That's my guy. Okay, Garrett Wilson, Kets. Let me just pull up the list. Well, let me, and... let, me, let me go through my little short list and tell me if there's anyone else that you think should be on there. Uh, I, th- I think Corner is always an easy pick for a, a disappointing player in the first round. They, they don't have a good hit rate. Kair Elam sprung to mind. Oh, yeah. I, I thought maybe even Ahmad... Ahmad Ga- oh, I can't say that name. Sauce Gardner. Uh, I think he's got the man skills just yeah, to be able to... Obviously, very impressive there. on tape, but, you know, with such a high pedigree comes a high expectation, so you never know right. what it was. Trevor Penning, maybe an obvious mm. one if you can't get in the field. Traylon Burks, I wasn't a huge fan of. Maybe even Jameson Williams. We've seen some of these speedsters struggle early. Yeah. Uh, I put Jordan Davis. I don't know. Just got a feeling about that one. I don't know. I think he's got a high floor. It, it, I think it's it's usually one of these receivers will bust out hard, yeah, right? Like yeah. I think like Corey Coleman and all the you know Lacron Treadwell. There's usually one uh, Josh Dobson. There's always one out of the sort of top group that busts out and Denzel Mims or what was he a second round? But um, the the interesting one, yeah. Trayvon Walker. I was just about to say that. I was yeah. like, Kets hot take coming in number one pick. <laughs> yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, he's got to live that. up to that that billing and. That was still a surprise pick for me personally, other than yeah. the fact it was in the media a couple of weeks before. But I still don't understand it. Yeah, it's like yeah, turns out he can't play. We never knew. Who knew? Yeah. Oh, is it a is it a case of the man who had the highest expectations then has the most disappointing season in uh, the Lions boy? What's his name? Our boy Hutchinson. Your guy that isolated and then yeah. came back in. Now I would never suggest that you would have a bad season because he's he's elite, but you know he also <laughs> has the biggest name value I think in this draft. I mean, it did sound like you just literally did say that one mere moments ago. No, I would never say that, Kit. I, I mean, was just, he... I was just inviting you to say it. <laughs> I know. I see bait when, when it's in front of me. I see that this show is descending and you two just bickering. <laughs> that is like where we're going in season three. Kets and Simon bicker all the way through season three. <laughs> season four, a new character comes in who is incredibly <laughs> amusing. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think I think the difference is like Hutch. If he played under expectations, you still kind of think he would be like a viable starter. Whereas one of these kind of skill players that could just bust out and just be totally useless 
yeah. and not play. Or Trevon Walker could be like that as well. So I, th- I think Hutch is unlikely to bust myself. Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, number six was way too early surprise package of the season. So a team that maybe comes out of nowhere. Uh, see, but the way we talked about them, maybe this doesn't count. My first thought and when I thought about that was the Colts that I feel like mm. I'm higher on. Um, yeah. Is that under... I don't know if that's underrated enough, but I just think that Matt Ryan has one year resurgence in him. All the pieces are there. Win the division. I think that's a what bit about, of a... What about the Dolphins? Dolphins, yeah. yeah if Raiders, speed. Raiders for me. Raiders. Didn't you just pick the Broncos to win that division? I did. But I'm just thinking now you you're <laughs> covering all bases in terms of the, the Derek Carr, Adams combination. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Dolphins. I think okay. that's a. I quite like the Dolphins. Yeah, a yeah. surprising. I just outcome. I, I struggle again. Maybe it's just bias and previous years and whatnot, but I always struggle to see them overcoming the uh, the Patriots and now the Bills in that division uh, to have a kind of a successful season. Yeah, um, well, that's why I'd be a surprise. Well, you're right. You're, you're right. You know what? You're right. And when, you, when you're right, I say you're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thanks. Number seven. Way too early CJ Stroud and Bryce Young destinations in 2023. Now, let me give you a list. Now, I'm going to give you a list of all the teams that I thought could even remotely need a QB by the time we get to next year's draft. Tell me if I'm missing anyone. Uh, Texans, Giants, Seahawks, Lions, potentially, if Jared Goff leaves, Panthers, Commanders, Vikings, maybe. We don't know what's happened with Cousins. Falcons, Saints, uh, Bucks if Brady leaves, Colts, Jets maybe even if uh, the beautiful boy doesn't work out, yeah. um, Dolphins if Tua doesn't work out, mm-hmm. Bears if if they really pass on Fields early, Eagles if they go down that route, and Niners if again if Trey Lance doesn't work out, um, could all potentially seek a QB next year. I've got another one for you. Mm-hmm. What if uh, I think uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson is in a contract Ooh. year. What if he flames out or doesn't? they don't want to pay him? What if the Ravens are in the market for a QB next it's, year? It's possible, yeah. But I'd also be surprised if they were in the position to take CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. But I agree, yeah, it's, it's plausible. Well, yeah, if it goes really bad, he flames out, turns out they don't want to run him back at QB anymore and they don't want to pay him, it could just go back to the well. Hmm. I'm going to go, because I suppose the question really becomes who are these two teams that are going to need QBs that are going to be in the top two or three? I mean, Texans, Texans is a sort of obvious one, but maybe Mills is better than people think. Yeah, yeah. Any um, team could, could kind of climb out of that two-win range into the five-win range and avoid these positions, right? But I don't know, I'm going to go Texans and Giants. Yeah, Giants is a good one. Although I, I kind of feel like this could be Joan, Daniel Jones... Could just about put something together this year. I've got, I've got a feeling in my waters. That's why I took him that? in the in the dynasty league. That's why I took him because I just think like you know this is his last chance. What do you reckon, Kev? Uh, what about the Lions? The Lions what? surely have got to be favourite. Favourite, you think? Yeah. No. I don't know. I, I like the heart of the Lions. <laughs> the Lions. Uh, yeah. they, they lost a lot of close games last year. I, I thought they got better as the season went on. They had some. I, I like the coach over there. What's his name? The, uh, uh, the tight end. Yeah, but they went three and thirteen. I mean, with Jared yeah, no, Goff, they were poor, but they they're going to be up there, 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 thereabouts again. <laughs> They've been building slowly, you know, from the from the inside out, doing it the right way in the trenches. Now you're telling me that if they're up there in the, the you know, they could even trade up if they don't yeah, finish possibly, in the top yeah. pick to get one of these guys. Stroud or whatever. 
Stroud uh, or whatever. <laughs> Bryce Young. Who do we who do we think is going to be number one out of those two? Or do we not have uh, a, Bryce Young? Know? I think is the current thought, but who knows? Mm. By the yeah. end of the year, and someone else. Will, there's a, there's quite a few. There's about five decent QBs, yeah, isn't supposedly, there? Supposedly, yeah. But we'll you know we'll see. They say that every year. Right? I think in terms of order of picking, it's going to be give or take Texans, Bears, Falcons, Jaguars. I think those four are in combination are in contention for the top. Yeah, Jags aren't going to be taking a QB. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me. What what's Trevor Lawrence done in two years? Whoa. One year. Whoa. I just think the first overall nah. pick warrants a third year of consideration, even if things don't yeah, go no, well. You, this you year. can't move on. I'm sorry, you can't move on from Lawrence until I, he, again, he's I got to see say, out his rookie deal. I did say Zach Wilson was the possibility on this. So I suppose that's I different. Just saying the same he, thing, but I agree, it's different. Yeah. That's different. He was a one-year wonder at uh, BYU. T-Law was, you know, yeah. a college superstar. He was so the, next, think... the next coming yeah. of Andrew Luck, right? Yeah. That, so. you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't move on from that. You would have to argue with Zach Wilson's mother, though. That's an important that consideration. Trouble, yeah. I often think, right, I wish we lived in an alternate universe where Zach Wilson's mother was Baker Mayfield's mother. And how how does that work? Well, you know, like in, in the multiverse, and like maybe this is just like the first part of our multiverse. And in this universe, it's like an entire sitcom based around the fact that uh, Zach Wilson's mother is Baker Mayfield's mother, and she's the one causing all the trouble with like Odell Beckham's dad, and uh, arguing on Twitter and, and getting involved in this situation with Deshaun Watson. I think it'd be so. So are Zach and Baker brothers, or? Uh no, I, I don't know. Maybe Baker's Mayfield's per- parents gave birth to Zach Wilson in this universe for some reason. So Baker's a Mormon. Sure. No. Uh, uh, no wait, what? Uh, no, Baker. <laughs> Baker's parents are Mormons, and they gave birth to Zach Wilson, who's also a Mormon. <laughs> and they all play for Utah. <laughs> but Baker's not a Mormon, and and Zach Wilson's parents are no longer Mormons. <laughs> Never mind. This is all very confusing. <laughs> Do you know that thing where you pull out a string and you just instantly regret that it shouldn't have been like yeah. The inner workings of size brain. I Sometimes think people, you... yeah, I think people get around going with this. It could be like a new advert. I don't know what what product it would sponsor, but you know, nice I don't commercial know what spot. That, that was, but that was a fascinating insight into. Yeah. I'm not really sure what, but it was interesting. I think <laughs> I have the a lot of these that Simon ate before the show. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of these ideas. I think that are like would make I think good shows, but I, I don't have the energy to write them. So. If anyone wants to get in touch, and I'll provide some concepts. We need a writing room. Yep, yep. We'll just deliver the material. Deliver someone else hands, this, hands it to us. I like that idea. Right, that was all the uh, the way too early. Thank you, Matt. That was cool. Um, if there's any more that we have time to do, anyone, if anyone comes up with anything they want us to do for the next season, let us know. Yeah, send in your, like, literally we are ramping for content. So if you've got anything well, to send in, we've got some things in the burner. I got, but they just require no, a bit of time in the. We've uh, always got content, but it's just like you know, we'll always take things from the listeners. That's great. Any kind of mm. feedback or uh, comments or anything, um, hit us up. Yeah, and uh, leave a review. Is that a thing people do still? I think so. People, other people say it, so it must be important. Yeah, I don't know. We kind or of don't. We didn't. Yeah, just just don't leave a one star one. That's the most important thing. Leave a five star review and say. Well, no, even the one star one, if it's genuine, you know, well, appropriate l- feedback makes you better, you know. Le- like... Yeah, leave the feedback, but but leave it in a five star review. Please don't base your review <laughs> on my takes because that's not going to get us five stars, is it? That's <laughs> Julian Elman, <laughs> Julian Elman fan number one. <laughs> I love this show. Um, right, let's get into uh, the well, what was made in the main segment. We'll see how long uh, it takes compared to what we've already talked about. Um, 
we want to talk about the AFC North, the other teams we kind of have uh, let go after the end of last season and not looked into too much apart from, well, the obvious. Um, and For just, good reason. You look back into last season and the pain like resurfaces. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that, that was just the Ravens games. We didn't even lose all those. Um, so we've each gone away and taken a team. Uh, I took the Browns. Gav took the Bengals. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, and... Should we do it in um in finishing order? Because obviously last year yeah. the Bengals won the division ten and seven. Steelers surprisingly came second on a nine seven and one record. Uh, then it was the Browns and eight and nine, and the Ravens on eight and nine. So should we hit it in 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 that order? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, just an overview though. In twenty twenty two, Ravens are favourites at one point six to win the division. Bengals are just under evens. Then the Browns are. 2.75, so almost like a 3-1. to one. And then Steelers are 9-1. to one. Does that feel a bit long, or is that about right? Are we, have we yeah, got, we've got like, to probably rose tints on? Yeah, I think it's probably fair. 9-1. to one. So if we played the season nine times, the Steelers would only win it once. I think mm. it's conceivable. I think the Bengals yeah. will probably win it three or four times. The Ravens will probably win it three times. Yeah. Okay, anyway, Bengals. Here we are. Right, so the Bengals, obvious Super Bowl losers. So the only thing to say about that is uh, is is a Super Bowl hangover real? Does that does that affect them in any way? Could do. I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely affected teams before, especially when they they get off to a slow start and then they never recover and they end up kind of sneaking to a sort of ten six kind of season, which isn't bad, but it's not running it back in the way that a sort of contender hopes to. However, it was. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the Burrow to Jamar Chase connection that pushed them over the edge last year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just incredible. Like, they're just on the same wavelength. And Chase just dominated downfield with that sort of physical catch point prowess that he had. It just pushed them over the edge. So that that hasn't changed. And they've got better, as I mentioned before, on the O-line, which means they're going to have more time. So it's going to be tough for the Steelers. I mean, they beat, they swept the Steelers last season. Um Steelers really struggled defending the outside zone runs last year or any kind of zone run. I mean, that, that's got to be task number one for the uh, for Brian Flores and the rest of the defensive crew to just come and work out. You've got to stop the outside zone, man. You just, that's got to be the first thing. You can't let teams just rip off first downs on you with their running back just picking a hole. They need to, I don't know what... I'm not obviously not a defensive guru, but it seemed like that was the weak spot. Um, and also in the two games, Burrow actually gave him some problems with his legs. He even scored a touchdown on, scored his first rushing touchdown against the Steelers. So, uh, you know, there's work to be done. But the Bengals did have problems stopping Claypool in both games. So maybe there's something there, you know, that um, can be exploited on tape. But those two those two games were were pretty ugly. Uh, week three lost 24-10. It was Frymuth's first touchdown, which was uh, which was you know memorable. But I mean, what I watched I watched I watched the highlights back. Just watching Ben move around like Fred Flintstone bowling. You know his legs are just like <laughs> running at a million miles an hour, and he's just not getting anywhere. Just couldn't move. In that first game, he threw two picks and was like sacked and hit multiple times. Chase was uncoverable. Yeah, they lost 24-10, and then. There's the week 12, 41, 10. I mean, I'd actually sort of eliminated most of the memory of this game from my brain. I was sort of watching it back. You know, Mike Hilton with the pick six when he undercut 
whoever Ben was throwing to. Uh, Mixon ran for 156 yards and two TDs. Yeah, that was when Burrow scored his first rushing TD from eight yards out. Eli Apple picked Ben off and returned to five-yard line. Higgins had 114 yards and a TD and, and was just short on another one. Uh, but Minka had his 18-yard quiz question return. This was the game <laughs> we did that. Shout out to Mike to getting that right. But um, yeah, Ben just—it was just an ugly performance from Ben. I, I, I just got a question. We we talked about it at the time. They were down 31-3. Ben was getting beat up, and why or why didn't they have R.I.P. Dwayne Haskins, you know, active and ready to come in? That would have been an opportunity. You're not going to win the game at 31-3 in the third quarter. You know, it's just not happening when they've been yeah. dominating. But um, again, Pat scored his sixth TD in Garbo time to to at least make the score slightly more respectable than the three points the Steelers had. So Muth has scored TDs in both his games against the, the Bengals. So hopefully he can continue that. But uh, on to the Bengals themselves. Uh, not many changes on the coaching staff. It's all the same staff back in the fourth year. They've got a great, good cap situation. I mean, just a really well-constructed roster. They've got the sort of magic gold dust of hitting... The rookie QB deal, you know, they've got that going on. So they can just build and build on that with good players. Um, they're a little bit slow on the offense. They need to up their pace. They're actually, uh, although they're very high powered, they just don't get off that many plays. So if they can up, up the tempo, maybe that's part of Barrow. But I mean, you look at the PFF grades across the board. There's 10 players with on offense with PFF grade over 70. I mean, that's good. Um, and, and, you know, they've improved the O-line. Ted Karras came in from the Pats. Uh, Alex Kappa from the Bucks and and Leo Collins, you know, like sort of the, the the first round draft pick potential who went, he went undrafted because of there was he was involved in a murder case was it I think at the time and then it was completely exonerated so he went undrafted but what a steal he was and and they had great great you know all above seventy Leo Collins in the eighties last year so significant upgrades over their twenty twenty one starters and then they've got two rookies in Carmen not rookie uh, sorry first round or high draft picks on rookie deals in Williams and, and Jackson Carmen to make up the rest of the line. So you can see that that, that, that is just a great line um, compared to what it was. So we shall see. I mean, it's, it's you know, you're hoping that the Steelers' defense, with especially with Ogan Joby, who've actually robbed off the Bengals, is going to be as fearsome. But as far as the Bengals are concerned, they're just going to be better at protecting and better at running, as far as I can see. So it's just... They've got better. They've got better. They've improved from the Super Bowl offense. So that's, that's worrying. Um, Burrow was on pace for a league leading 658 pass attempts in 2021. Uh, but then he he, uh, he got his injured injury. But um, he's very efficient. Uh, 8.9 yards per attempt. It's just good quarterback play, you know. And you know, no no surprise that he got, ended up at the Super Bowl. Um, Chris Evans could be in for a breakout. Maybe more of a sort of pass catching back. Wide receivers. I mean, we've you've you've talked many many times about how much you like their wide receiver core. You still feel the same? Like it's much better. You take their wide receiver core over the Steelers. I think I would take their wide receiver. Oh my gosh, wide receiver core of any in the league. To be honest, I can't think of any that would even. What's the what's the competition? Yeah, well, Chase is he's only twenty two and playing please, like a dominant. Please don't even bring the Steelers wide receiver into the argument in this. No, okay, fair enough. But you know, Chase. <laughs> Was it was it the best ever season from a rookie, Jamar Chase? I mean, it's yeah, potential, yeah, I think so. definitely where where they ended up. Um, signed Hayden Hurst, one for one year, three million, three point five mil. Easy to forget, he was a first round pick mm. by the Ravens in twenty eighteen. Not really produced with 
either team he's been on. Was he been the Ravens and the Falcons? So, but it looks like him and uh, who's the other guy? Who's the other uh, sample? Drew Sample. They've got at the tight end. So it feels like Hurst should win that battle, but maybe that's just me. Um, and they brought back Eli Apple and Brandon Allen and, and their long snapper. So they, they've kind of re-signed the key guys. Um, but they didn't draft. They, draft interesting draft. They didn't draft a single skill position player. They Ooh. just went. They just focused on D. Uh, a lot of athletes in the secondary they've gone for. They went. Their, their draft basically went safety, cornerback, D line, O line, safety, edge. Um, so I mean, uh, Daxton Hill was their first round pick. Good, good quality safety nickel hybrid they got there, and they got Cam Taylor Britt as well. Is that physical corner? So it looks like they've upgraded in their secondary. Um, they've lost Oak and Joby though, which that's that's the one thing for me that is is, is tricky for them. Obviously, Oak and Joby was sort of slated for a big money deal, and it fell through. Ended up going to the Steelers after a medical concern. But I think that's one area they drafted Zach Carter to play the D line. But I think that's one area where they're going to struggle because the more teams are playing these kind of heavy defensive back looks to cover players like Patrick Mahomes, you know, that's, that seems to be the trend. We're not we're moving away from single high safety. You, you need guys up front that can penetrate and can, can, can hold down the run game. And I think they've got a bit weaker in that regard. So I think, I think they've gone backwards a little bit on defense. But um, uh, in, in terms of other losses, they lost Alden Tate. They lost CJ Ozama to the Jets. And they lost Vernon Hargreaves. They cut Trey Waynes. Saved a bit of cash there. Uh, but, you know, on the, on the whole, the defense is kind of, is kind of a little bit no-name-ish. They've got Trey Henderson one side, who's under, under the radar kind of guy. 14 mil against a cat this year. But he played well against the pass. Anyway, he was at 86.9 pass rush grade, but, but pretty poor against the run. Sam Hubbard on the other side, sort of more his grades grades are closer to average across the board, kind of consistent. But they don't really have any real stars. They, you know, their their interior is DJ Reader and BJ Hill, both both solid kind of run D. But I think the loss of Ogan Joby, I think he was their real kind of penetrating athlete in, in the middle there. So I think that I think that that will make a uh, a big difference. The, the linebacker core is a little bit. It's got questions. I actually like all the players. They got uh, one of my favourites, Akeem Davis Gaither, ADG, the notorious ADG. They got Logan Wilson, who's been a great player, and Jermaine Pratt, not elite again, a bit, little bit no nameish, but solid, and and a sort of range of players that can do different things. Um, and and as we're talking about the the modern defenses, you're only as good as your nickel cornerback at the moment. That's the kind of marker. If you haven't got a good one, you're in trouble. And they've got Mike Hilton, so. You know, one of the best in terms of blitzing and in run play. So they're, they're in good shape, really. So I can't really see. I think they. I think they're the, the sort of the class of the division, really. I think they've got a lot of different ways they can play. So I think they're in good shape. Um, you know, no surprises there for a team that's gone all the way through to the Super Bowl. But yeah, I think they're they're in good shape, and um, they're going to be tough. I think they, they make sense for them to be favourite for the division. Although they aren't in terms of the bookies because the Ravens are. So, yeah, it's a bit who's doing the Ravens? Maybe, yeah, yeah. You need to explain to me why the Ravens are in better shape. I, I mean, than the Browns the, were the favourites until a few, until a couple of months ago when the the Watson stuff kind of creeped back into the. You know. Yeah, yeah. But the Browns win every off-season Super Bowl, yeah. don't they? So, yeah. Yeah. paper champions. What you'd expect. Yeah. Shall yeah. I uh, talk about the Ravens then? Well, yeah, sure. I was just going to say, I thought the, I thought a very thorough gap. I liked it. Thank you. Um, Bengals, I think I agree. Just 
overall have gotten better and uh, we should be scared of them. However, the, it feels like we're all clinging to this idea now that uh, they will hit a sophomore slump just because that's just the done thing when a team that maybe isn't that used to success uh, surprisingly reaches the uh, Super Bowl. But I don't know. Do you see that coming? Is it, uh, are we just clinging to false hope there? Well, that was my only reasons for to be hopeful was, yeah, Super Bowl, kind of post-Super Bowl slump and possibly a team that's going to be easier to run on. Mm. Uh, that's the only two things I got there, really. The only difficulty we've got is, uh, Gav, you mentioned that Muth was so good against them, and he's obviously going to hit a massive sophomore slump, according to you from last week. Indeed. So, actually, our best kind of weapon against the Bengals is going to hit the same kind of downwards trajectory as the, the sophomore Bengals are going to do. So, mm. It wasn't a guarantee that he was going to have a sophomore slump. I said sophomore slump candidate. That's what I said. And I think, you know, if you're if you're expecting him to, you know, we had Ebron last year, all right, it was injured and stuff, but I still, let's not put too much weight on Pat's shoulders, says the guy that's just bought a Pat Frymuth jersey. You know, that's, the expectation would be the killer, especially with the poor QB play he could be looking at. Anyway, let's move on from that. So, Ketz, you were right. I did set you up there to start with the Ravens, but also I mentioned let's do it in finishing order from last year. So that would make the Browns next. Oh, okay. That's fine with me. Um, I thought I thought they were even. Uh, okay, the Browns GM Andrew Berry, which I never realised, you know, was when I was looking at this, he was the youngest GM ever when he was uh, hired three years ago. He was thirty-two. He's only thirty-five. A GM. Wow. Isn't that insane? Hmm. Makes me think, what am I doing with my life? Anyway. Not not GMing an NFL <laughs> franchise. That's for sure. It'd be cool if I was though, wouldn't it? Uh, and I think I'd have done a better job than Andrew Berry because I wouldn't have signed to Sean Watson. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, uh, head coach, going into his third year. I think that relationship has definitely been blooming, but what what's interesting about that now is it sounds like he was maybe not fully uh, briefed on this Deshaun Watson sign, and that kind of happened whether or not he was interested in it, which I think is you know just something to keep an eye on in terms of we know what the Browns like to do, and they like to uh, self-implode in various ways. That's just maybe a relationship to keep an eye on. Uh, if that ever comes into play, because as, as we know, the Deshaun Watson thing is the is the is the key thing around this team this off season. It feels like, um, well, it most definitely is right. It is we're assuming he's going to be out for a year now? I think is that well, maybe it's not safe to assume I, I've yet. Got but that's, no, I've got no idea about this, man. I'm I mean, really like, feeling like that's what the the way it's leaning. I, I can't see it being any less. Otherwise, there's going to be real outrage. I mean, the NFL seems to wait for the police now, right? Which is probably the sensible thing to do, considering the police's job is to police, not the NFL. But, I mean, what what's going to happen? How many, how many complainants are there now? 26, is yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. I mean, jeez. We're going to find I out mean, soon. We're going to find out very soon. Maybe on Friday. Tomorrow. News is it, is it, on a Friday. Is there a hear- is, yeah, is there a hearing? What, well, what from the on, NFL? Well, they're on day three of the hearing now, so... Hmm. You know, really, in any moment now, we could hear about it. I think. Mm. So obviously, that's you know hanging over this team like a black cloud right now, and I would be shocked if it didn't impact them going into the season. To be honest, um, what's also worth mentioning on this uh, Deshaun Watson deal is the cap situation, which I know you know people have kind of talked about, but I don't know if we're paying enough attention to this. This year, they have forty-five million in cap space, uh, which is which is nuts, and that's seventeen million more than any other team. But they're going to need it because next year, assuming that Deshaun Watson... So I'm under the impression that if Deshaun Watson doesn't play a game, that then just rolls over his salary into the next year. Um, which, obviously, the first year of his salary is very low, right? So it won't impact the cap that, that a great deal. Uh, that's why they have so much cap space this year. But 
assuming that that gets eaten, you know, eaten into this year's cap, and then he's into year two of his salary next year, uh, they're going to be minus thirty-one million in cap space just going into the season with the players they have right now. Uh, that's the third lowest in the league, and if you carry that over to twenty twenty-four, uh, they could be set up for cap hell because they are bottom in the league in terms of available cap space based on current contracts. So, and that's largely because it's hundred percent guaranteed Deshaun Watson deal. Um, and you've got to think that if, if this Deshaun Watson case really goes on, and there's, there's people out there that think this punishment might wind up being more severe than a year, could be two years, could be an indefinite suspension with a minimum of a year where more time is spent investigating him and any further, uh, you know, claimants that come out or what have you over the, over the course of that year. So, I mean, this could really turn nasty for the Browns, I think. I don't think it will. I think we'll probably end up just seeing a one-year suspension. And he'll be back with them next year and they'll be laughing about the money that they save. Um, but whichever way you look at it, eventually they're going to have to face the uh, you know the music when it comes to this cap stuff. And I think the Browns are kind of in a Super Bowl window-ish now in terms of they've got some nice pieces on the defense. The running game is, is, is excellent. You know, I'll get more into some of the players in a minute. But, you know, if we get into the point now where you're losing uh, that cap space advantage, you have the ability to go out and, and pick up some of these free agents and take on Amari Cooper's contract. Uh, you know, this feels very, very brownie, and you know they're, they're kind of walking a, a tightrope that, that that could come back to bite them. You know, you can just picture the Monday Night Football game where, you know, someone spends thirty minutes at the start of the game just talking about the Browns' cap situation and all the guys they had to lose and whatever. And I know the cap isn't real and what what have you, but it is. And I think if 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 this Berry fellow, this thirty-five year old youthful man, does not have a plan, uh, they could be in trouble there. So. Uh, I don't know. You heard much about this, Gav Kets, the uh, in terms of the salary cap and and uh, you know where the Browns go from here once Deshaun Watson starts playing. I know it, it, it's it, it's all make believe basically until we know what's happening with Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, it's because yeah, they, they'll, they'll be waiting. Just out. delay it a year. I just I just think the way that this contract is structured right now that if if you know if Deshaun Watson doesn't immediately live up to the hype and maybe there's no reason to think he won't but we haven't seen him hit the field in what two years now uh i don't know man it's it's a saucy one it's it's a dangerous game being played by the browns i think but oh it is they, a gamble i mean yeah sorry catch me sorry. i was literally about to say that they've gambled everything and, and put it on kind of green haven't they you know spin yeah. a wheel see what happens and uh and i think they're so desperate for that first super bowl and you can see it in terms of the moves that they've made and yeah that that contract it, it's potentially beautiful from a sort of Steelers, Ravens, Bengals perspective because <laughs> that could eat them up for the next yeah. five, eight, ten years. Yeah, and that's just the contracts. That's not even mentioning the draft picks they gave up, which was what? Uh, three first-rounders, third-rounder and a fourth-rounder. They got a fifth back along with Watson. That, that's crazy, dude. That is the future. Yeah, I mean, what is it? It's like, okay, so what did you... I don't know if you said the numbers before, did you? It's like 10 million this year and then 54... Mm, yeah. Every year until 2027. Yeah, which is insane. Did you say that? Yeah. yeah, I didn't say that. No, but yeah, you're right. That's and and that number is that why they're so they're literally at the bottom of every year after 2023 because nobody else has that level of contract on the books. Yeah, so, and they've got and they're paying Miles Garrett. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's not a no-name team, right? They've got, there's a lot. Yeah, a lot there. Denzel Ward, he's gone like 30 million a year. Yeah, so so I separated just the off-season moves. I can quickly go over some of those, you know, outside of the Deshaun Watson thing. Um, obviously, they traded for Deshaun Watson. They traded for Amari Cooper uh, for a fifth and a sixth round pick. Uh, well, sixth round swap. So really, only gave up a fifth for Amari Cooper. Uh, 
he's in the last year of his deal, right? Or did they just franchise tag him? I can't remember. They did. I think they gave him a new contract. Um, Chase Winovich, my boy, comes in <laughs> for linebacker Matt Wilson. So, uh, you know, the Browns like making a splash, uh, getting involved in the trade market, and they've done it there three times already. Uh, Chase Winovich, dude, that's the depth edge piece that we should have traded for, may I add? For some no-name linebacker. Come on now. Let's give him Devin Bush. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some big extensions, like you mentioned, five years, 100 mil, um, 20 average per year, 44 million guaranteed to Denzel Ward, David and Joko, four-year, 54 million deal. Um, both of those, I think, well, I think Ward, I mean, you know, the price of corners is, is high and, you know, I can certainly understand giving him a lot of money. Uh, I don't know if that's an overpay or not. I'm, I'm not going to get involved in that, but... Uh, you know, the argument's there. I think the David and Joku one is the one that I will lay on the table and say, I just can't see that. I know he's got all the physical tools, but I, I mean, just very limited production to be given a guy a four-year, $54 million yeah. deal. Um, and then the, the feel-good story of this team, Dennis Johnson, uh, the former, what was it, AAF running back, who yeah. saw a few stats last year, signed a one-year, $1.2 million deal. So that's him set up. Um, they re-signed Jadavian Clowney one year 10 million uh, Ronnie Harrison Chase McLaughlin the kicker and Sheldon Day Sheldon Day anyone remember him? no no me neither I didn't have a clue (laughs) Uh, just looking at this Amari Cooper contract I I can see why the Browns wanted him out I mean he's 28 which is you know uh, Browns wanted him out Cowboys wanted him out Um, 28 he's hit 28 which is the age you want to start getting rid of your wide receivers in in dynasty it looks like cowboys are playing dynasty you look at all right so he's playing for only he's 4.8 he's basically five mil against the cap this year he's got 20 million base salary in 23 20 million base salary in 24 yeah so i mean that's screams of a contract that's going to be reworked but if they don't they're this is just adding further to the cap hell they're in i mean this could be you know they, they can't cut him because they just have to rework his contract. He's got two two void years in the contract already. Yeah. He's already contracted till twenty twenty six. So this 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 is I, a nightmare. What what's the what's the dude's name? The youngest GM. He's got his work cut out. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Berry. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as I was going through some of these deals and looking into the future years and stuff. And go go to over the cap. I know we've done this before, but uh, check out over the cap because they've got some. It's just interesting to look at some of these numbers if you like doing that stuff. Um, they could be in trouble, dude. But I don't know. I, I always struggle with these cat things because you know I don't I don't presume to speak confidently enough about it to, to criticize GMs. But sometimes things are staring you in the face, and uh, yeah. it just seems seems like an odd decision. I think it, I think it really bit with the COVID year and the, and the cap going down. I yeah. think as long as you sort of anticipate the cap going up every year and making you know making changes to contracts but this this screams of a contract they're going to have to look at immediately because yeah. it's unworkable what it is I, I do like the you know I like Amari Cooper coming in you know I think I mean they're really relying on him right he is the yeah, receiver I mean, core right now their receiver core has really gone backwards isn't it yeah I mean I love Cooper he's a great route runner really dangerous receiver but David Bell is, or who's their number two DPJ Donovan People Donovan Jones, Jones and I mean, David Bell yeah is, is yeah Sort of next guys up, Anthony Schwartz, and, uh, if he uh, can show back up. I mean, none. I don't got any. I didn't. I was. Some people love David Bell. I wasn't that high no, him. I didn't either. think he was. I'm not sure he's going to be able to separate. I just think he's one of those guys that's just going to disappear into mediocrity. But I could be wrong. But but uh, and Joku. I mean, like you said, where who's going to catch passes? Who's the number two receiver on this team? Yeah. 
Kareem Hunt, maybe? Kareem Hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's it's but this is the thing, the Browns can get away with this, I think, a little bit, um, especially you know, when Deshaun Watson's back, but even before then, because the running game's so impressive, you know. And they certainly haven't lost a step when it comes to that, so uh it's it's one of those things. I think they hoped that Deshaun Watson could come and elevate them into a Super Bowl level offense, um, which you know I think you could argue he maybe could have done because he can work with less pieces than than maybe a Jacoby Brissett or even a Baker Mayfield. Uh, so uh, yeah, without Deshaun Watson, I don't see this offense being Super Bowl character. I struggle no, to see that. I, I think the window's closed, but they wedged it open with Deshaun Watson, like a sort yeah. of weird little wedge but that wedge isn't holding it's going to break when he gets banned for two years i mean listen to this wide receiver room if you read the names isaiah weston jamarcus bradley travel harris michael woods the second david bell mike harley javon wims jakeem grant amari cooper Demetric felton i thought he was a running back donovan people jones and anthony schwartz I mean, that is a no-name wide receiver core apart from one guy. I mean, compare that to the Steelers wide receiver core, which admittedly hasn't got an Amari Cooper in it, but it's got six or seven guys that I'd take over any of those dudes. Kets disagree since you had the wide receivers so low in the position rankings. Never going to live that down. (laughs) I wondered if you keep mentioning that. Um, No, I'd I'd take our guys over, over them, to be honest. I think Peoples Jones is good. But he's definitely a wide receiver, two, three, four. four. I'd want yeah. him as a four, I think. But uh, I think he's serviceable. But yeah, you're not having any nightmares as a defensive coordinator with that room coming up against you, are you? No. I mean, the only problem is he's got no idea who is the wide receiver three and how to prepare for him. Could be anyone. I mean, Jakeem Grant is like a well, return I, guy, isn't he? Yeah, Jakeem Grant is, is maybe more a return guy, but they did give him 10 million over three years. So mm, mm. maybe maybe they see him as a slot guy. Stop the run, stop the Browns, I think. Yep. Well, that's it. Yep. This is a run-heavy team, and they're going to continue to be until Deshaun Watson can see the field. Um, just some of the guys decide. Now, can any of you tell me who Tavon Bryan is? Tavon Bryan? Yeah. Uh, wasn't he... Wasn't he a D lineman for the Falcons or something? It's, so, he was a 2018 first-round pick yeah. <laughs> of the... Dubai? Uh, I think of the Jags. Oh, the Jags. Oh, and, I and dude, honestly, when I saw this, this was one of the signings they made this offseason. Uh, one year, $4 million deal. He was a 29th overall pick. I, I had no no recollection of this dude. I looked him up, not a clue. Uh, <laughs> this, this is how quickly some of these guys can fade from my memory if they uh, fade back into obscurity when they reach the team. So, uh, Is he the big big hope for their D-line? Because their D-line's not looking great either, is it? I mean, they got they brought back uh, Clowney and they got Garrett, so that's the edges that's the are thing. fine. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's showing up as a starter and they drafted Perrin Winfrey. So. Yeah, and they got Jordan Elliott, who uh, we, were, we quite liked, I thought, in the draft process, but did done absolutely diddly squat so mm. far. But then he's a rookie, so was he, was he a rookie last year or was he a year before? And I think he was 2020, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Jordan Elliott. So he's not done much in the. Let's have a look at his PFFs here. Hang on. Yeah, he's 100 102nd out of 109 eligible starters. So yeah, he's not not setting the world on fire with uh, PFF grades. Hang on, hang on. Uh, I've just clicked on PFF. Sometimes puts you in a little circular loop. Uh, oh yeah, bad grades in 2021. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So against the run. Hang on. If I'm in the right column. 
against the run, a grade of 45. So, yeah, that's not great. So some 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 room to grow for Jordan Elliott there, I think it's fair to say. Who looked mean? I liked him in the draft, but he looked mean playing for uh, Mizzou, right? He looked like a tough yeah, yeah. kind of dude, but just not, not showed out in Cleveland yet. Yeah, I think I was quite a big fan of him coming out, to be honest. Uh, uh, strong, speedy cool. little dude. Some uh, other names on there. Curtis Weaver, remember him? Yeah, I was just looking at that, yeah. And Tommy Togiai as well, yeah. was one of my yeah. defensive line guys back then. Um, Sheldon Day, wasn't he one of the like? Oh, am I thinking of Sheldon Rankins? I think that's because I confusing. just said, "Do you remember Sheldon Day?" <laughs> right, that's why I didn't then, but I do now. Um, so yeah, those guys, obviously Jacoby Brissett one year uh, signed the signed new punter to replace uh, Dustin Colquitt, Corey Bajoquez, Bajoquez, Bajoquez. We'll we'll hear that name this year. Uh, Bojo, Bojo, Quiz. Bojo. Bajorquez. Uh, and then Josh Dobbs, of course, uh, yeah. in the QB room. Maybe we see a Josh Dobbs start this year. Hey, anything's possible. Hey, Baker doesn't come back. Jacoby, you know, maybe goes down with an injury. Maybe it's, it's Josh Dobbs time. Um, and then the, the only names he lost, really, of, of, you know, super interest, Rashad Higgins, Austin Hooper, uh, Andy Janovich, who's one of the better fullbacks left, uh, Jarvis Landry, obviously. Uh, JC Tretter still unsigned. Tat McKinley. So uh, it feels like they lost a lot of depth pieces, signed a lot of depth pieces. I don't know that they got particularly better. They seem to focus a lot of the money this year on re-signing guys and then obviously going for Amari Cooper and Watson. So mm. um, I think the, the team really is going to take the field largely unchanged and they're just going to have to deal with that uh, quarterback situation and, and, and see if Brissett can kind of elevate them to a level where that running game and defense can, can push them over the edge to compete. Um, obviously they had no real draft capital this year because of the, the trade so they started in the third round with Martin Emerson who was my sleeper cornerback um, but kind of a slower dude kind of a guy I would have preferred to play that Levi Wallace what role, uh, kind of a second uh, cornerback that I maybe don't want to be shadowing all the speediest wide receivers in the league so I don't know that he's going to move the needle for them in year one they've um, got a pretty loaded secondary to be honest so yeah. it's not like they need him yeah. Ward, Newsom, and Greedy Williams uh, you mentioned David Bell at 99. Alex Wright, UAB defensive end. Do you remember much about it? I don't think we did him on the show, did we? Did no, I didn't watch him. Um, Jerome Ford, we did watch. The running back out of Cincinnati went to them in the fifth round. So, I mean, again, very deep at running back, though. It's currently three deep if Kareem Hunt doesn't get traded. So, uh, don't see him making much impact. Uh, and then Mike Woods, the second. Do you remember him? Wide receiver. He should, no. He's in the sixth round pick. Don't know him. Isaiah Thomas and Dawson Deaton. So... A lot of no names towards the end of the draft that, that we weren't super familiar with. Uh, I did just write down though one guy to watch that I feel like's been kind of not forgotten about, but 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 glossed over a little bit because of the injury at the start of the year. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, uh, okay, <laughs> Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, uh, linebacker in Phenom. Uh, I think he could have a breakout second year. Absolutely, could be a real difference maker for him. Yeah. Uh, so that's I've got a little game I want to play with you. Although I uh, close the the uh, the the our lads page right now, Gav. That I know you're looking at. Uh PFF, but okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read some player names out to you guys. We'll go one by one. Uh, yeah, we'll go one by one. Uh, you just tell me what position they play based on the name. Can you okay. tell the position that someone would play based on the name? Okay. Right. These are all players. On the active Browns roster right now. Uh, Ketz, you want to go first? 
you could do this with the Steelers based on yeah, our could. performance earlier with Trent Green or <laughs> Chad Scott. Or Still whatever. another clue. Uh, okay, what position? Okay, so no cheating. Don't be looking at the uh, the depth chart. What position does Drew Forbes play? Oh, running back. Oh, he's confident. Drew it's... Forbes. Sounds like a running. I tell you what, we'll we'll do it so you can both guess. I suppose. Why not do that? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have a guess. Yeah, where, where, where do you think? Yeah. I'm going to go um, tight end. Drew Forbes is a left guard. Uh, wounded. Unfortunate. Uh, okay. Where does Elijah Nakanza play? I might go first. I'm going to say cornerback. Cornerback for Elijah Nakanza. I'm going to go really deep edge that will never see the field in his life. <laughs> oh, lucky it was right tackle. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe too hard. Who's going to get the first point? Okay. Parnell Motley. Oh, that's got to be a tight end. has to be. <laughs> Gets I'm, go- I'm going guard. Motley. Guard. No, it's cornerback. Oh, oh. Tough. Okay, we'll do two more. We'll see, if you get, see if you can get one hard. point. We'll do two more. Marcus Santos Silva. Sounds like a, a soccer player to me. Marcus yes, Santos Silva. Uh, safety depth. I've no idea. <laughs> That's the one uh, that's trumped you. Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, well, no, I know it's not wide receiver because I read out the name. So I'm going to go uh, tight end again. Tight end is correct. Yes. One point for Gav. Okay, last chance to draw here, Kets. He's just said tight end in every round. (laughs) (laughs) He's finally got one. Okay, I want to know, where does Johnny Stanton, good old Johnny Stanton, stand-up American man, Johnny Stanton, where does he play? Who's guys? Who is it? I think you're first, Gav. I'm going linebacker. Linebacker, Kets? I'm going to like special teams, like a kicker or a punter or something. (laughs) We can give you both if you want specialists. Yeah, go on. I'll have, I'll have multiple kicking options, please. Johnny Stanton is a running back. Unlucky, unlucky cats. Let me try. Can I'll I reopen die, my I'll laptop? I'll die on the punter and yeah. kick a hill. You can reopen the laptop. Um, well done, guys. I thought that was good. One point scored between you. <laughs> Just shows how many of these guys there are when we get into the ninety man's you know rosters in the off season. Uh, who are, you know, all listed to be earning hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, congrats. Uh, okay, that's the Browns. Uh, you want to move into the Ravens? Yes. Yep, well, I'll start with uh, GMs, being as uh, you gave the, the Browns guys such a good pop at the start. <laughs> um, so, Eric DeCosta has been with the Ravens since 1996. Um, various different positions over the year, everything from player personnel, scouting, eventually working his way up to general manager. And to be honest, you can see a lot of that scouting player personnel kind of pedigree when you look at kind of essentially the off-season winners very much, in my opinion, were the the Ravens, particularly on draft night, when they seemed to pick every single red star or sleeper guy that we had between, you know, the four or five of us that, that did all the, the draft coverage. Um I think the secondary has been mentioned a couple of times that the Browns secondary is good and the the Bengals secondary is good. No, the Ravens secondary is ridiculously good. Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams as a, a kind of a safety pairing, just absolutely ridiculous. So Kyle Hamilton was the was the first round pick. 
They signed Marcus Williams to a five-year, $70 million deal. Um, according to PFF, Williams has been the number one graded safety since 2019 with a 90.6 grade, was the number eight overall free agent available and was the number one safety. He's had nine interceptions with New Orleans since 2019, um, one pick six, 28 pass breakups, two forced fumbles. So for me, that that safety sort of pairing is pretty scary because Kyle Hamilton was, for me, you know, one of the best pure kind of players in the draft in terms of being an athlete, having field vision, having everything you could possibly want from a safety. You can play free safety, you can play strong safety. He's really good at tackling sort of up in and around the box as well. Um, just a ridiculous skill set between those two players. Um, looking at the rest of the draft, they took Linderbaum, the, the centre prospect, they took Jarbo, who was my red star in terms of edge player, albeit he has the injury issue that he he, he tore his uh, his muscle in the the kind of the warm ups for sort of before the combine or before the pro day. They took Travis Jones, which was just a monster of a defensive tackle. They took Daniel Falele, who was even more of a monster of an offensive tackle. Um, Armour Davies, the Alabama kind of press cornerback. I think he allowed only one 25-yard-plus pass in 2021. They've also got Mark Andrews already in the tight end room. They took two tight ends in the draft. They took Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler, who was my red star. He was just the ridiculous hands guy. He put the ball anywhere near him in the red zone. He's going to catch it 100%. And they took Jordan Stout, the Penn State punter as well. So just a ridiculously good draft when you when you look at all of those kind of players in combination. And I think we all sat there, the, the three of us on draft night, and went, how are they taking all these players? They seem to have 100 picks in the draft. And every one of those was like, oh, you know, sort of head in hands, kind of would love that guy to play for Pittsburgh kind of thing. So the, their draft was just ridiculously good. And I think... They're going to be so much better this year. I think they had injury issues last year, but this year with all that sort of new additional talent plus the returning talent that they already had, um, that roster is going to be scary good. I think once uh, once the season starts to develop, um, in terms of other signings, um, offensive tackle Morgan Moses was on a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal for the veteran tackle. Formerly signed him. Yeah, hundred percent. So he played for the Jets last year. It was a 2014 third-round pick for the now Washington Commanders. Um, so we spent seven years at, at Washington. PFF grade, you're talking 71. So they, that's kind of a pretty solid right tackle overall. Um, picked number 66 for the for the Commanders in 2014, as I mentioned. Um, they brought back former four-year player, pass rush option, defensive tackle Michael Pierce, who agreed to a three-year, $16.5 million deal with $6.75 million guaranteed. That follows he's, the He's an interesting signing. guy, isn't he? Sorry. Yeah. He's an interesting guy because he's played really well, but he's not made that much of a name for himself, has he? No, he's kind of one of those below-the-radar guys, but equally I think he would do just a very solid job, be one of those kind of very dependable, not necessarily anything to write home about, but you know, in this situation you know he's going to you know, do his job and make the tackle or, or do whatever he needs to do. And and it, it's handy enough as a pass rusher as well uh, in terms of that kind of thing. Um, new two-year deal for Calais Campbell. They re-signed um, Pro Bowl fullback Patrick Ricard as well to a three-year deal. He's more of a sort of 
hybrid tight end run blocking receiving threat just a little bit of everything to be honest um additionally they had new deals for a few of their kind of exclusive rights free agents including tyler huntley the quarterback and long snapper nick moore um a couple of other signs as well mike davis is a running back vince beagle is a linebacker and brent urban defensive line um, in terms of kind of outs, you had the draft night trade of Hollywood Brown, who was on his fifth year option. Uh, um, they got a trade with the Cardinals for the number 23 pick overall. In terms of his production last year, you're talking 16 games, 91 passes for just over a thousand yards. So I will be pleased to know. Eight yards. Kets, what a fantastic trade that is in, in retrospect. Can you imagine if we could have got a draft, if next year we could get a draft day trade for Deontay Johnson and get the 22nd overall pick? Yeah. I mean, just, they would have had to pay him what? He would have been looking for 18 mil a year, probably, at least. I don't even think he's that good. Well, but I think that's what he, he would have been looking for, in the, and I think that's what he'll look for from the Cardinals. And if they yeah. turn that into, was it Linderbaum or Ajabo? Lind- I can't remember. I think. Yeah, that sounds about right, which potentially, you know, absolute centre of the future. And you're paying him, you know, on a rookie deal for the next four four or five years as opposed to an eighteen million dollar wide receiver you don't you don't use. So Exactly. Yeah. It's a potentially ridiculously good deal. And to be honest, that's why I thought it was was important to start with Eric DeCosta because I think his way of looking at players and identifying talent, I mean you look at the Ravens draft, it was pretty much as I said, everybody that we as the UK Steelers podcast has identified as these are the guys we would want. It was almost as if the Ravens GM had listened to our podcast and gone, right, okay, lads, that's who we're drafting. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite, quite frustrating. But, but you, uh, can, you compare this approach to that of the Browns that I just talked about, and th- this is why the Ravens and the Steelers are at the big boy table in this division, right? And the Browns continue to flounder around where they do because of decisions like this. However, yeah. though, they, they traded away their arguably number one receiver and replaced him with nothing. Yeah, but they're confident in... Uh, Bateman, Bateman, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, but if, you need you need three or four good receivers. I mean, well, who's... the Ravens say they don't. You know, the Ravens, the Ravens haven't operated like that for a while, and supposedly they're, they're high on they're high on Duvernay as well. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, so you, you've obviously got the two kind of sort of better wide receivers in terms of Bateman and Duvernay. But if you look at what they've actually done in terms of pass catching options. Yes, they've not got a great wide receiver room, but you look at that tight end room, you've got yeah. Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Charlie Kohler. If you put some sort of run-heavy packages, two, three tight end sets, they could they could completely kind of change how you think about a kind of the short-to-mid passing game. And actually, if they're going up against teams that aren't very good at defending the zone, they're going to dine out on that all day long with, with with that kind of tight end room, I should think. I'm going to do say something that only one of our listeners will get. Shout out to Orclabe. I think the Ravens are turning themselves into the Nagaroth nightmares. None of you, <laughs> no, no, no one will get that reference it's, apart from Orclabe, it's but that's just for him. It's a Blood Bowl reference. I got it. Hey, there you go. <laughs> who, but the Nagaroth nightmares, who also... So playing purple, so the the uh, the, the ties are, are bizarrely strangely similar. But sorry, don't let me derail you, Kets, with blood bowl. No, that's fine. That's always always time for a blood bowl reference. Um, in terms of other people leaving the Ravens, Tavon Young, cornerback, has gone to the Bears. Um, Sam Cock, the punter, has retired. 
Villanueva had his one year kind of stint with the Ravens. He's now retired as well. Um, must give a mention to the fact that, similar to sort of what we had a few weeks ago with Twain Haskins, um, Jalen Ferguson, who was the 85th overall pick for the Ravens uh, a few years ago, passed away tragically, aged 26. He played for three seasons, 38 games, four and a half sacks, 17 QB hits, and 13 tackles for loss. So, uh, you know, clearly a, a player with a lot of potential there. So that's that's a sad loss for the franchise. Um, just to mention as well, the, the the kind of back office side of things, um, John Harbour signed a new three-year extension through 2025. Um, you mentioned the Browns cap situation. I did have a look at that for the Ravens as well. They've got 6.68 million left this season for... Um, kind of in-season trades or, or whatever they need in terms of injuries and that kind of thing per over the cap. So they're pretty much up against that um, that cap. But to be honest, I don't think six point seven million is too dissimilar to the Steelers, who I imagine are perhaps nearer to ten. But there's not that much difference between the teams, and obviously they've got the benefit of all of those players that we've mentioned um, in terms of driving that franchise forwards over the next five years. Um, nine to one odds to win the AFC, eighteen to one to win the Super Bowl, which actually I think is pretty decent value when you take all of that into consideration. I mean, they were very unlucky with injuries last year, weren't they? I mean, just uh, the running back injuries they had last year were just awful for them, and it kind of killed them. And then Lamar got injured, so I mean, that alone, if they can just stay healthy with their running backs, they're they're in a good shape. Yeah. Really strong team. I think they're going to be a lot, um, a lot tougher. I don't think the the Bengals will have it all their own way this year. Yeah, in the AFC North, unfortunately. Can we, we play the game of which wide receiver core you would prefer out of the Ravens and the Browns? Because I think it's actually a tough question. So I'll do the same thing. I'll read out their wide receiver room: Jalen Moore, Benjamin Victor, Rally Webb, Mackay Polk, Shamar Bridges, Slade Bolden, Slade James Bolden. Pro. Yeah, Slade Bolden. I thought he was going to be a Patriot for sure. I put a bet on it because he was uh, Matt Jones' roommate. Oh, there you go. Uh, a lot of cigar smoke inhaled passively. <laughs> uh, James Prochet, Prochet, don't know you want to say that. Uh, Mr. Devin Duvernay, who should Bolden get Bolden one of these. Uh, Trevon Clark, Devon Williams, Tylan Wallace, and then Rashad Bateman. So out, out of that like coach load of nobodies, who would you have compared well, to the Browns? If you're asking purely receiver and we're not including tight end, then I would have to probably say the Browns just so I got Amari Cooper. But it, Because it really is just Amari Cooper versus Bateman right now, right? And then the rest is really a lot of, well, okay, Devin Duvernay, yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, what's the Bates, difference? All projection, right? Yeah. I mean, hell of a college player. Didn't really get much action until second half of the season, and then looked okay, but no, no, nothing to really put your hat on to say yes, he's the definite number one. Obviously, the Ravens think he's going to be number one, but I think yeah, I, I think Coop edges it. Would Ketsy feel the same? Is this wide receiver one wide receiver room one of the worst in the NFL or what? Yeah, I'd go with Cooper in terms of that sort of side of things. The, the Ravens do have like just a ridiculous number of players, so. Surely one of them has some talent between them, but as I say, I think it's more in the tight end room. I don't, I don't think there's many tight end rooms in the NFL that you would take 
over the Ravens, to be honest with you. I also like they've got a um, a running back called Ricky Person Jr. <laughs> Ricky Person. Nice. Is it Ricky Person Jr. or Ricky Person Jr.? No, it's Ricky Person Jr. Okay. <laughs> um, I like the way we've read that out three different ways in an audio <laughs> format, which made no difference to anybody. Uh, this Concise is one word I would use to describe this show. Have you noticed from the schedule that the Ravens start the season at the Jets in New York on 9-11? That feels like a loss to me. Just just for, you know, the kind of... From an ethereal spirit kind of way? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. From a... From a, you know, it's going to be an emotion, always an emotional day in New York. And, you know, to go there and Zach Wilson and and all the hype around, you know, the, the... draft and all the hype building up towards the Jets. I think you could see Ravens getting smacked in the face on day one. You know, always some strange results on day one. I reckon that could be a good one. For it Are to you go willing wrong. to take a kebab on that, my friend? Uh, yeah, I could do, yeah. I'll put a I, kebab I can down see there. Zach Wilson throwing balls to the, the secondary quite happily. So, uh... Is that a kebab? That's a kebab. All right. Well, Jets are going to beat the Ravens day one. That's what I'm saying. Well, okay, Kabau on the line. Cool. So, uh, do, do, where are we up to with the Ravens? Did we? Did were we at the end? Yeah, that, oh, that was okay. my that was my review. Cool, sweet, thank you. So that's the AFC North. I think we've spoken enough about the Steelers. Um, how do we want to? Uh, do we want to do the AFC North sort of prediction in terms of where we think it'll go at this stage? One, two, three. Yeah, four. yeah, okay. I don't really want to, but I, I'm prepared. Well, I'm going to make you do it though. I know. <laughs> it's good from a Didlow rankings perspective, if nothing else. It is. We'll so, so just to off. recap, the, the betting odds is, uh, uh, where are we? Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. I'm going to go, I'll go Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. How about that? I think, to be honest, that's exactly what I was going to do. Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. I, I did entertain the Ravens winning, but... With the Lamar Jackson situation a little bit, I don't know what's going on there. It's just pushing me under doing it. We could go either way, right? Yeah, Contract, could. yeah. He could actually be run it back MVP. Yeah. Um, or he could just completely fold under pressure or not be right after his injury. Who knows? I've gone, I think, just reviewing them as much as anything else. I've gone Ravens to win. Um, I've gone Pittsburgh just because I've got some belief that we've improved reasonably over the off-season. Uh, Bengals in third with the sophomore slump, as was mentioned, and in Cleveland just to decimate and probably get the number one overall pick. That's a big slump from the Bengals to finish third behind the Steelers. But, you know, no one had the Bengals winning the division last year, so stranger things have happened. Indeed. Yeah, and, you know, if we keep that winning record going, then, you know, we're going to take games off somebody. I think you should take that 9-1 to one odds, uh, Kets, because... If you're that confident and the Steelers are going to finish second, what what the hell? Just take them fin- finishing first. Never know. I, I, I think I'd have the I'd have the Ravens to win the division. Okay. I what the odds would yeah. be on that? I thought, I thought uh, you'd take the Ravens. That's uh, one point six. So, for 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 American listeners that don't understand the English <laughs> decimal system, you put on a tenner, you get six pounds back plus your stake, so you get sixteen pounds back. What's a tenner? What's a tenner? Ten pounds? Ten, <laughs> ten queen's heads? Ten squids. 
Ten quid. Ten, ten dollar quid. bill. Are we going to change uh, when when uh, Charles comes in? Are we going to oh, have king's heads? God. Well, for, qu- luckily nobody calls for queen's heads to begin with, so we don't need to worry about that. I do. Well, what are you talking about? What's on him? Do you know, have you noticed, Ket? Southern is just obsessed with bringing the, the queen. South divide again. Any any like potential moment where there's like, oh, we can mention the royalty here. Let's just add the word queen to something. What oh. the heck? I'm, what you're suddenly accusing me of being a royalist? Although having said that, I don't know what the better alternative is to the to queen. But what do you mean you don't know Charles. what the better alternative is? What you want? A, you want a president of the United Kingdom? I would like. A, I mean, I could get a, on board Democrat, if it's like democratically elected head of state would be ideal. I would say. <laughs> Would you? I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, look at Putin. I mean, that's not well, what I, I mean, don't know that just by getting rid of the Queen, that means that you suddenly Putin becomes your... Uh... Well, that's a risk. But I did hear someone say, let's, uh, let, let's, let's keep it the way it is, just a figurehead. So it could be anyone. So it could be, you could have anyone from, say, uh, you know, Jeremy Beadle when he was alive or, <laughs> uh, or, or um, David Attenborough. Yeah, that'd be great. That it? would be that'd fantastic. Be yeah, maybe just yeah, do just... it in decades. Just change the person that you want to honour that decade. Yeah, David Attenborough is a great example. Although, you know, what if you get to a decade and you're just like, oh, nobody was that great this this time. Yeah. So we're going to give it to like Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Chris a- Chris Akabusi. <laughs> you know, it could be anyone. Anyone that's got that kind of, you know, it's just like a, it's just a Warwick Davis. A formality. Yeah, exactly. But you have to wear the Ewok uniform. That's it. <laughs> Are we in Kebab Corner now? I think it sounds like it. Oh, dear. Well, we're not allowed to do Kebab Corner without Dave, so... No. Uh, maybe we need, like, an alternate version of Kebab Corner, like a metaverse yeah. version of that. Meat and chips in a box. Uh, you brought up the uh, the North-South divide. Yeah. In, on, our, on our sort of group chat, you said it's getting way too southern-ified in, this week. When I, I merely mentioned that I was 24 hours... <laughs> apart from missing Russell Wilson, and then Mike said he was going to London, and you start accusing us of being Southern no. biased. Hang on a minute. You said you were 25... You said Right, first of all, you were talking about how you were in Lids, and you were, t- <laughs> you were... Which, you know, straight away is a flex. And then you're 25 minutes... How is it a flex? It's just true. Well, like, I was in Lids buying a hat. Oh, look at me, I'm in Lids. Like, I'm going to go visit Shake Shack after this. You know? I'm sorry, I live in, I live in a, you know, the capital city. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Unbelievable. And then, obviously, Mike said he's going to London tomorrow, and then Ket said he was in London, I think. Yeah, I was in London yesterday. Yeah. So uh, Wait, I'm, you were in London yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And I was in London yesterday. Oh, jeez. What happened, Ket? Didn't get a message saying, let's meet up for a pint. I'll tell you what, he gets to that LA, and Rich's Rich phone is yeah. buzzing. But... No, I would have done, but literally, <laughs> it was train down, business meeting, train back. It's not the first, it's not the first no time I've heard that to breathe. It's not the yeah. first time I've heard that excuse. Yesterday was a perfect day for a meet up with Kets as well. I was just hanging around Swing town, about. me and the missus, just, you know, trying. I had to go in for a COVID test for work. So it literally, you know, that's, that's the worst. Going to town for like a two second tickle up your nose, tickle stick up the nose. I've got to do it again tomorrow. What I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to, for the first time, I'm going to rent an e scooter. Try that out. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've done them a few times. Are they, are they big in London now? Well, they're, they're around, I don't know. Yeah, you see people buzz, buzzing around on them, but it's, tomorrow it's going to be me out of control <laughs> going me. through Regent's Park, so we'll see. Oh, nice. The, the, How, uh, maybe you can help me out here. How does it work? Because I, I need to hire one near my home, mm-hmm. right, and then ride into town, which will take, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes or something. I don't know. 40 minutes? Oh, I suppose you're in I've got no camp. idea. Yeah, this is not my I've got no idea. Okay. I've got no idea. It would take, like, 20 minutes to drive, so wow. I'm guessing double that. Uh, it's a right? long way to go. Uh, so I need to go to Bond Street, right? And then 
I need to, I'll be inside getting my COVID test for about seven minutes and then I'll be back out. Mm. What do I do with the thing? With well, it the, depends. The thing with wheels? If there's, is it what, do you know what brand they are? Is it Tia? I, I, I was going to go with Tia, yeah. yeah that yeah. seems like the, uh, the brand leader. So, right? yeah, so all you need to do, it depends whether there's a parking station near your um, little. Near Bond Street Tube, I don't know. Uh, well, is that where the. the That's where the COVID test is, is yeah. 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 Oh, the test. Not, um, yeah. Yeah. So, if there's a parking space near near that, then you can just quickly drop it off and mm. go pick up another one. That's easy, right? That's just dock it off, send yeah, it, yeah. send it away. What, but what if I want to like? Can, is, what I was hoping, what they should have, is like there's a mode of like pause or whatever mm. where it, it mobilizes and I can just leave it anywhere, like across a shop window or in, in a in a disabled person's way, and then <laughs> I get my test, come back and then reactivate it, and then off I go again. Uh, I don't know if that's an option. No, it doesn't happen. But, but so I've in got fairness, to find a dock, well, basically. actually, this said, if it really does depend how long it's going to take you to get that test, because the 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 fee, the bigger fee, is actually unlocking the vehicle. Uh huh. So you pay like one pound something maybe to unlock the vehicle, right? And then you only pay like twelve p a minute. So it may actually even be cheaper just to leave the thing outside while you go and get your test. But, but, but could, could someone nick it? Uh, no, because they can nick any of them at any time. That's what I mean. So it, the fact that so when it's when it, when I leave it, it's immobilized, is it? I can't. Oh, I see no what you're saying. Can... So you don't want it, anyone to be able to drive off with it. Yeah, oh. I just want to leave it there for five minutes while I go up, get my nose mm. tickled, fill out a form, and leave again. I think you can pause it, but we're gonna have to look into this, and I don't think it's that interesting to talk about. Okay. Like I said, this is fascinating <laughs> listening to people like Gav Scooter drama. <laughs> well, no, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an actual question about you know the future I of transport. I think that you can. Uh, like tur- like turn the engine off for better use of a word. Right, um, okay, uh, that's fine. Well, I- I'll report back. We'll have to I'll double check on that though. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, either it will get nicked or I'll die. You must be able to, because people get off them all the time to go in shops and do stuff. You know, so, yeah, you would have yeah, thought so. I think, I think you would have thought so. There must be a, a, a mode there. I've only Instant. used them just to drive and go straight to somewhere and leave them in the dock place. Right. Well, so if if any listeners are around South Moulton Street, I'm playing tennis tomorrow morning about midday. And you see a guy in a, I'll wear, I'll, I'll probably wear my Steelers jersey or something just for a laugh. So uh, yeah, if you see a guy buzzing past you, I'm, I'm out of control on the scooter. That'll be me. <laughs> Testing out those new tennis shoes. Mm. The new tennis shoes are good. <laughs> All the so you've got you've got covered. you've got e-scooters in York. Yeah, yeah. I think we were one of the trial cities for it. Oh really? Do they work on water or no? <laughs> if they don't, no. no. Uh, I've not seen any pulled out of the the ooze yet though. Right. Uh, my but, dad's in York at the moment. Yeah, be a bit weird for you to go for a drink with him, Probably. but he's a big drinker. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm off to Headingley to play cricket tomorrow. Well, not play. You play what am I talking about? That was a stupid thing to say. Watch not playing cricket view, at Headingley. At, at Headingley. View, view cricket. Cricket. I was not playing the cricket. <laughs> what what format of cricket is it? I don't know. Uh, is it the test? No, Yorkshire, the test Yorkshire oh, uh, Viking tennis versus Birmingham Bears or something. I didn't even know it. they had teams, but. T20, right. is it? So that's the T20, yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm just going to go and uh, hang out with some people. Uh, you know, I'm not too bothered about watching it. It's just there, hanging out. So, Cy likes cricket versus Ketch likes baseball. Who's cooler? <laughs> I don't know I don't know what's cooler there. I'm I like sure. baseball, probably. Although I don't really like cricket. I like T20. I watched it. The World Cup, that was great. But I'm not what you're watching to tomorrow, a, but it sounds a bit... Yeah, I don't claim to be a cricket expert. Like How's the uh, baseball baseball fan fandom going there, Kets? Uh, yep, yeah, one game attended, and that's it. <laughs> I thought <laughs> you were watching a bit more. Uh, 
uh, I haven't really had the time to be honest recently. But no, if, it's, if it's on, I'll put it on the background. <laughs> they're coming here. Aren't they? They're playing a, playing a game here, aren't they? Again, they're doing something, but it's some home run derby. It's not a proper game. It's just like sort of like Harlem Globetrotter type baseball equivalent kind of thing. So what's, what's a home run derby? You just hit it out of the park as many times as you can. I think people like sort of pitch you deliberately bad deliveries and you just swing for the hills, basically, I think, from the sounds of things. That's my understanding of it. Why would you... Is it because it's slightly more exciting than the actual game or what? I have no idea. I genuinely have... That's the limit of my knowledge on the subject. (laughs) I know more about depth Browns players than I do about baseball, in fairness. Fair enough. Um, I was going to talk about uh, the movie American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, but frankly, it's been two weeks since I first brought it up, and nobody else has seen it, and uh, the will to do that has worn off. So, and we're unsure how to watch it. You watched it on Rakuten, which Rakuten. I'm not even sure what is. It's just a, is that Japanese. No, I think it was Spanish originally, and it's kind of like an Amazon-like site that tries to sell everything and has a TV element to it. But I see. I get codes for it, so legally. Yeah, yeah, legally, through Vitality. Mm. Is that to do with your stones? <laughs> <laughs> what, Jeff and Linda? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yes, tell us more about your golden years, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. I'm not going to do the old American underdog thing. Maybe one day if you decide to watch it. Um, my 30-second review, uh, it's not very good, so... Oh, what? Really? <laughs> That's a shame. Why are these so ones I'm really excited for? Yeah, I yeah. did. Well, it's, Ameri- it's you got to watch it. It's an American football real story, Kurt Warner. Who plays Kurt? Uh, the guy who played Shazam. I can't remember his name. In Shazam, if you saw that. The 90s download site. Huh? <laughs> Shazam was like a dodgy 90s No, site. it wasn't. No, Shazam still, Shazam's still going. sound thing. Yeah, that's like, what What song are you singing? Yeah. Oh, Shazam it. Shazam it, yeah. They oh, you can get confused with something else. Then. You're going into Napster. You're yeah. LimeWire. LimeWire. Yeah. Pirate Bay. Can you believe that we used to LimeWire individual songs and it would take like a day to download, I don't know, <laughs> the latest like 50 cent track or whatever you were doing at the time? And then he downloaded it, and it wasn't even that anyway. It was some obscure, like, thing. <laughs> yeah. it's like, what the hell was that? German Ukrainian. metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually found some quite cool German metal that way, but that wasn't what I was looking for. Nice. Those were the I, days, I, I would have appreciated that. Yeah. So my little, one of my little side hustles has come into fruition. We've got in the, uh, the launch party, I think it is, but it's only for the people that are involved in the this, like, record label that i'm involved in oh i remember this, this came uh, yes. up a few weeks ago yeah uh, yeah it did another yeah. layer of the onion mm-hmm. yep so uh yeah we're going for i we'll see what happens man i mean the the guy that runs the label is very very excited about everything he's, he's kind of always got his fingers in lots of different pies he thinks this is a goer so we've we've got a couple of tunes to release on vinyl and yeah we've got a video and some photos he thinks it's a goer what does that mean he thinks he thinks it's so it's jungle music, drum and bass, mm-hmm. uh, and he thinks there's enough interest in particularly one of the tracks for it to make a bit of an impact. But I don't know. Ooh. We'll see. I've been here before. Yeah, 
and uh, nothing's happened. So let's not with these guys. But um, so, but let's see. I, I, so I'm, I'm open. Help me understand the the stakes here. By you know what, what we are now June. By September, could you be some kind of high echelon music producer with like platinum discs no, in no, your no, home? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. I'm I'm a very small part in this uh, whole. What part thing, are you but... in this? That's what I've not really got to the bottom of yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like a guy uh, I will, entourage. I, I, I for one of the for a couple of the tracks I've I've helped I provided some samples and mm-hmm. like help like you'll sit in a studio. Music's a collaborative thing, so you might have like you know one person whose name's on it, but you've got quite a few people in there like saying do this, do that, and yeah. you know my name's somewhere on the record, somewhere in the the thing. I've got some fingerprints on a couple of the tracks, but you know i'm a small part in this it's not it's not really me it's not my music but i'm involved um and it's cool to be involved it's it's something i've done making music something i've done and how i got into the job that i do since since i've been you know 16 17 so it's it's cool to do especially like jungle which is what i grew up it's my culture my time my scene so it's cool to do it's still kind of like keeping the teenage dream alive you know some of the some of the guys I'm we're working with are in their 50s and we're around you know in the, in the scene so it's like an old boys kind of club of old junglists basically but um we'll see what happens we, yeah we're having a party in the studio week on Friday and then that's kind of like the big reveal there's quite a few people from different labels coming down to check it out uh, then we'll see what happens there and then I'll, I'll share some stuff with you guys and see I was gonna say are we invited to this party no, it's just for the people in oh, the, on the label. It's just right. like a, a label and friends of the label kind of. Are we of, not friends it's a small of the studio. label? Or? Not really, no. Right. Okay. I, <laughs> um, uh, so, Kets, what he's done is he's brought up one of his fancy Southern boy parties and then said we can't go. It's not really a party. It's not a party. We go to a <laughs> studio like a and we listen to party. the tracks and, you know, we talk Sounds about cool. it with the people from other labels. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. I'm not going to deny it, but it's not really a party. <laughs> it's not open to the public. There's no invites. Oh, we're just the public now. Well, I have two questions, please, if I may. <laughs> okay, go on. First question: um, Will you be wearing your "I work in media" t-shirt? <laughs> no, I probably won't. <laughs> I don't have one. I need one. We need a new one that says "I work in music." <laughs> I moonlight in music. Second question: um, When can we expect the release of the UK Steelers podcast dubstep track? <laughs> Great. It's question. definitely a possibility. Yeah. I, I look forward to like seeing like a stop motion video of Ketz like coming back and forwards like dancing with oh. his Freyamuth jersey. I know it's me. Think about how many Easter eggs we could fit in that in the lyrics to that. Are the lyrics? There is that? loads. I don't know. There's, there is there's some. <laughs> so uh, one of the funny things is that uh, where is it? This some of the samples in this. I, I'll, I'll let you in on the exclusive, right? Some of the samples in this. made it into one of the tracks although we put it in clean right we put it in clean and then uh chaz who's like the sort of main engineer he just went crazy with it and it, it changed so dramatically that you can't recognize it but it is still that big foghorn is in one like i think the best track we've made so it's kind of like it it, it pleases me that there is a link to the podcast with this drum and bass record so we shall see tremendous work if any of a you know, listeners or sound producers can get any podcast related references and or sound drops into any music, then I'm all about that. <laughs> and if that's hey, the I, I, that's the one you enjoy listening to, then you know, God bless. 
one of my main contributions to this podcast is finding samples. Mm-hmm. One of my main contributions to the record label is finding samples. So you can see that I don't go that far when it comes to my sample well. I was like, this works <laughs> and this works. And this it's is a sample sound. I know and have used regularly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Laziness, perhaps. <laughs> but also, I know a good sound when I hear it, yeah. and that is a good sound. So well, there you yeah. go. So coming next year, you'll have some kind of jungle track with Dave's absolutely nothing sound drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that oh, that is made to be a drum and bass drop, isn't it? 100%. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, 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 I'll uh, imagine, propose it to imagine the guys. Imagine, you know, the deep, heavy beats, then like the five-second pause, and then just the ultra-loud version of Dave saying that. <laughs> and then he just absolutely drops the bass. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Not a bad idea, actually. Oh, yes! <laughs> Come on, Dave. In fact, Gaff, just for a laugh, can you produce some kind of oh. track next week for us to listen to on the pod? Flash oh, That's a big ask. No, this can't be too hard. I don't know, dubstep sounds like you just put it into a randomly generated sound machine, and then... No, is that not it that actually is, is an incredibly hard genre to make good. <laughs> I know you're joking about it. Like you, you could have gone like a house or something. It's easy to make a house track. But dubstep, to make a good sounding dubstep, dubstep track is is really tough. Okay. okay, I'm calling you out on that then. Can we have next week the Dave Hart house track? <laughs> the Dave Hart house track? It's so easy oh, to actually. make. That's easy. I could do that. Uh, house is just four to the floor beat. You just That's all you need. Like some... That's it. It's easy. Boom. So like Balearic chills. Absolutely between... nothing. Balearic... <laughs> it works. Flash forward Balearic to like... chills. Zero. Flash forward to 2024 where somehow this track is like broken out and it's the new turn down for what and there's just like a TikTok meme about it and... Oh, Dave's a superstar. Maybe, this is the way. Maybe... <laughs> maybe this is how we get sort of pitch side at Heinz Field next year. Yes. And These now are those crazy to perform, UK guys that came up with it. <laughs> to perform absolutely nothing, it's the UK Steelers put on. Dave, oh, I can't wait to see Dave dancing around. All he has to do is stand there and say absolutely nothing, and he looks really pained because he hates doing it. Yeah. <laughs> he just has to say it in time. He actually is in pain with his sciatica at the same time. Oh, God bless. But you have to keep moving, so it's not a bad thing. <laughs> you have to keep moving, so. <laughs> Oh, too much. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. We said it all. Um, uh, have we said? Have we said it all? Is there anything else? Is I there? think we said it all. We said yeah. it all. Okay. I think we've peaked. We've peaked. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a great idea. We need to hear that. That could be the new intro one day. Maybe when we replaced it. I might work on that now. Actually. You've yeah. Really... <laughs> you really inspired me. Oh, okay. Right. Well. Listen, listen out for that. Maybe it'll show up eventually. Um, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cyril. This follow Gav at GM Boom Up and follow Kets at Kets UK. All on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. We'll have something fun in store. I'm sure. Let's hope so. I don't. I think. think in fact, I think we 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 might have a special guest. Yes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any pressure on him because he's no, probably listening. No pressure. The good news is, I don't think it's noticeable that we've reached the deep off season with the level of content we're putting out. No, I hope certainly not. not. No, I do think maybe the percentages not. in terms of uh, inaneness has probably creeped up in this one. We're in the, we're in the upper percentile yeah. of inane. Yeah, but you know, some people like the inane. That's where yeah. some of the best stuff comes from, like the Dave drum yeah. bass beat. So. Yeah, well, you know, let's see. Um, you know, and as the games kick off, and as uh, well as training camp kicks off, we do get more serious. We yeah. become back a, a normal, serious, well, mon- serious mundane with a with a with a touch of mirth, as as the, yeah. the lads once said. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Go, go Steelers. <laughs>